This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Good morning. Wow. We're recording in the morning time. It, we are. And Nick's about to watch the Vikings game, so we might hear manly cheers or disappointed grunts soon. Awesome. So I I am uh, playing fantasy football at work. <laughs> did you hear that? What did Nick just say? <laughs> he heard us recording, so he just yelled skull. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I picked any players from uh, from Nick's team in my fantasy football league unfortunately sorry i don't either i've won fantasy three years in a row you what well not in a row actually the first year i played i won and the second year i played i won and then the third year i did not win but then last year i won again this is huge bragging rights and i don't know why you didn't talk about this before how did you do it i don't know i'm so curious okay why didn't i have you help me pick up my (laughs) roster I'm mad at myself. But to be fair, I played really badly. My team was really bad last week. I'm projected to win this week, but I don't know. We'll see. Wow. What's your team name? Looking for a tight end. Oh, that's cute. What's yours? Mine is uh, the Creeping Phantoms. (laughs) Wow. Very on brand. I know. And it's a work one, too. And I picked the little icon that's like a zombie throwing up. So, you know. Oh, my gosh. Really keeping it polite at work. Love it. (laughs) Oh, uh, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And this is an encounters episode where we read your stories that you email us and uh, get really freaked out. And yeah, it's so much fun. We love it. That's why we keep coming back to do it. Yes, we're obsessed. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, I was just going to ask if you did, but yes, I can. Perfect. Okay. I picked a bunch for you, Corinne. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. So this is from Courtney. And also in addition to today being Sunday football day, it is also laundry day. So there is a little bit of a theme in my (laughs) first few stories. This is from Courtney and it's called A Ghost Did My Laundry. Was it Corinne? I was just thinking that. I was like, did I actually project somewhere? (laughs) She says, hey, Sabrina and Corinne, I'm a newer listener and I absolutely love your podcast. It definitely feeds into my obsession of anything paranormal. I'm writing this during a wicked storm, so it totally sets the mood. I have a couple of stories of unexplained things that have happened to me. Their first one was back in September of 2012. It was a Friday night, and I was getting ready to go to my high school's football game. My brother played soccer at that time, and him and my parents were out of town at an away game of his. I was home alone that evening, and I was getting ready like normal before I went to pick up my friends for the game. I needed to do some laundry so I would have some clothes to wear that night, so I went into our creepy basement to put my clothes in the wash on a quick wash setting so my clothes would be done in 20 minutes by the time I got out of the shower. After putting my clothes in the wash, 
I went upstairs and started preparing my shower. I showered, and when I was done, as I got out, I could hear the dryer going from the vent that leads to the basement. And I thought, that's odd. I haven't ran the dryer yet. I only ran the washing machine. So I put my towel on and walked downstairs, and sure enough, the dryer was going with the clothes in it. But not just some random load of clothes. The clothes that I had just put in the washer before I got into the shower 25 minutes prior to that. I was very confused and thought, okay, maybe I accidentally put my clothes in the dryer instead of the wash. So I opened the dryer, but my clothes were still very wet, and the washing machine was open and wet inside. The dryer we had was one of the newer ones with all these weird settings, which I just usually use the normal setting, but the load was turned on a setting like delicate or something that I would never have used on the dryer. So as I stand there confused, I thought, well, maybe my cousin that lives next door came over and had to use our washer and dryer for some reason. So I called her and asked if she changed my laundry or came over at all, and she was like, uh no, and was just as puzzled as I was. And I told her what happened. And she said that she'll come over because she knew I was scared. We searched through the house and no one was there or anything. I called my parents and told them what happened and asked if for some reason someone had to come over and use our washer and dryer. And they said no. And I told them what happened and they had no explanation and were still over two hours away from our house. I was so scared that before I finished getting ready, I had to go get my friends and bring them back to my house so I could finish getting ready so that I wasn't alone. I'm not sure if it was a ghost or anything. I don't think it was trying to hurt me or scare me or anything like that, but I have no other explanations to why this happened. I still, to this day, try to debunk the situation and just can't solve it. I put my clothes in the wash before I got out of the shower and somehow they were transferred to the dryer while I was still in the shower and turned onto an odd setting on the dryer when no one was home. I tell this story to my friends all the time and they find it humorous because they think I have a ghost that does my laundry, which is very humorous. The second story I have isn't as long as that one, but one day I was doing the dishes while my parents and brother were outside doing yard work. And as I'm doing the dishes, I feel a hand fully grab my right shoulder. I then turned around and no one was there. I walked around our small house and called out to my parents and brother and they were still outside. It definitely felt like a full hand grabbed my shoulder, not just touched. It was a 100% grab. And I still have no explanation for that, except that it was a ghost of some sort. No one has ever died in my parents' house, so I'm unsure who or what is in my parents' house. My grandparents lived next door to me and died in that house. My parents are both firefighters, and after my grandparents died, their fire department used the house as a training fire because they were going to demo the house anyways. I always question if it was my grandmother who was present with me on both encounters. I'm not sure. Can you guys think of any other explanations for this, or do you think it really is paranormal? See you on the other side, Courtney. I love the idea that Courtney has a new washer dryer with all these new knobs and she didn't realize that she picked like the ghost setting where the ghost helps you out and switches your laundry over. (laughs) It's like Tesla has self-driving cars, but this new Courtney's washing machine has a ghost do it all for her. Where do I find myself that that washer and dryer? I know. It's so great. I love that. Oh, and two, I bet it was like some spirit that's like, there's no better feeling and getting out of a shower and having like a warm towel or like warm clothes to put on. So they're probably like racing to switch it over. Like I want to give her this, this sweet little moment. It is you. Warm clothing. It is you, Corinne. You in ghost <laughs> form. I'll do it. You know what? Maybe I'll haunt a college and I'll help all the college kids that don't really know how to do their laundry their freshman year. I'll, I'll show them how. Yeah, you have to teach them. You can't I'll just do them. it for them though. Yeah. I'll give lessons. It's like moaning Myrtle in the bathroom, but 
I'm just floating hands creeping Corinne in the laundry room. (laughs) I just love the idea that there's like a bunch of kids in the laundry mat and you're running around grabbing the things that they're doing wrong and correcting it, but you're invisible. So it's just like laundry cups and detergent flying everywhere. There's like a load of whites being put in and someone puts in like their red shirt and you just hear a shriek in the background. It's me being like, no, (laughs) not the red shirt, not the red shirt. (laughs) Love it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it could be her grandmother too, though. That's a really pleasant thought that her grandma's just like looking out for her in these moments and presenting herself in a really a non-threatening way. But of course, it's it's always a little creepy when you're like, I know I didn't do this or have an explanation for how things happened. Yeah, and I wonder if the two are connected because she was doing chores both times, right? Like laundry and doing the dishes. Mm -hmm. Does grandma have a very particular way that those need to be done? And she's just like putting her hand on Courtney's shoulder like, let me take over. The anal retentiveness, it just never leaves you in life (laughs) and in death. (laughs) We embrace it. We do. Wow, that's such a good one. Oh my gosh, I love that. (laughs) That's my dream, my dream haunt. Okay. So I have a theme to mine as well. No real explanation as to why I chose this, but I decided that I was just going to look up stories from listeners from Canada. So here's to you, Canada. (laughs) Thinking about you this week. All right. So this is called Always Listen to Your Tarot Cards from our listener, Joe. So he says, trigger warning for violence in this story. So in the summer of 2019, my partner and I had just moved into our first apartment together. It was super stressful. We only lived there for a month when my best friend, which I hadn't seen for nearly a year, wanted to come and visit. She would be staying the weekend that happened to also be Canada Day. I'm Canadian if I haven't mentioned. (laughs) On the morning of Canada Day, we were discussing if we wanted to go to the city park and watch the fireworks later that night. And my partner, being a generally lazy and introverted person and a little bit hungover, complained (laughs) that he didn't want to go. Pretty typical. My friend and I disagreed, saying that we wanted to do something fun before she left for her own city again. Jokingly, my partner pulled a random card from the tarot deck to see if it was on his side. A lot of people who use tarot cards wouldn't take this seriously, since many believe that the decks need to be cleansed and blessed regularly, which this deck hadn't been recently, and that you generally need to be pretty focused on your intent when doing a reading. After this story, though, I'm not very strictly set on those rules anymore. Eek. The card he pulled was... Dot, dot, the hermit. We laughed, joking that the deck was calling him out for being just that, a hermit. Not really what the card means, though. While he was messing with the cards, one fell out. I picked it up, and it was the Three of Cups. So I told him, ha, see, it's a celebration card. Again, we didn't take this seriously at all. In fact, completely forgot about it probably just moments later. Later that night, we hung out, we drank a little bit while waiting to walk to the park since it wasn't far. And he headed out around 10.30 since the fireworks were meant to start around 11.30. Unfortunately, post-fireworks, my partner and I were robbed at gunpoint (gasps) and my partner was assaulted. Not too bad considering that he just had a couple stitches from the cut lip. Oh my gosh. This happened after we'd gotten separated from my friend. Now, I would like to stress how unlikely this scenario was. We were in a park next to downtown, surrounded by people, families. Police were parked a couple blocks away And that's not to mention how uncommon it is for non-targeted violent crimes to even happen in my small city. It was really just an absolute epitome of wrong place, wrong time. After this event, obviously our lives were pretty hectic. 
spending all night in the hospital while trying to contact my friend we'd been separated from, talking to the police, replacing our stolen belongings. And it wasn't until months later that I started to think about that day again. And I remembered the tarot cards. And I realized both cards we pulled hadn't been a coincidence. Because if I'd pulled them during an actual reading, I would have interpreted it as celebrate at home. So in the end, the moral of the story is always listen to your tarot cards, especially if they basically throw themselves to you. Oh my gosh. They know the best, apparently. Also, side note, I want to mention, I don't get scared easily at all. Like, nothing scares me anymore. But for some reason, any time you bring up black-eyed kids, I get so uncomfortable (laughs) and start to feel like I'm seeing and feeling things just outside my field of view. And I absolutely hate it. And I love it at the same time, since it's (laughs) nice to not be completely numb to something for once. Anyways, thanks for reading this. Joe. Wow. Uh, Joe, I am so glad you and your partner are okay. That's terrifying. So scary. So scary. And also just to be in a setting where you're really caught off guard because it's not like they were, you know, in a dark park late at night with no one around, like creeping alleys. Like it was a celebration. There were police, there were family members, like people I'm sure saw it happen. And just the fact that crimes can happen like that, like so blatantly. I mean, things happen in the middle of the day with people walking around on the street. Right. It's just, yeah, it's it's a scary thing, and I'm really glad that they so scary. You know, a few stitches in your lip is is a lucky outcome for something as horrifying as that. Right. And, and like Joe said, like you're when you're talking about going out and doing things with your friends and jokingly playing with tarot cards, you're not thinking, oh, this is this bad thing's going to happen. You know, right. it's it's playful and fun, and you're just like mm-hmm. excited for what you're going to do that night. And it's so sad to think, oh, right. I'm, That's so tough. I know that people, I mean, people use tarot cards for many, for many different things. But I think oftentimes when you go to a spiritual shop and you're opting to pay for a tarot card reading, I feel like oftentimes it's kind of like trying to see into your future. Like that's Mm -hmm. a typical reading. And I feel like oftentimes the messages or the meanings of those readings are different. And it, it feels like, you know, it's coming from the universe. It's coming from spirit. But this one in particular, I'm like, was this actually like a typical tarot reading or was there was there like a relative or something that busted through mm-hmm. and was like, I know what's about to happen. I'm going to whip out some of these cards and tell these kids to stay home. Right. Guardian. Right. Or, I mean, I feel like they say that most people who are mediums or, I mean, I feel like everyone has a spirit guide in a way, right? You know, mm-hmm. someone who's on the other side who occasionally comes through, which could be similar to a, to a guardian, but doesn't necessarily need to be a guardian. And I feel like maybe if Joe uses these cards often, there is a spirit on the other side who's communicating with him. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. But it kind of makes me want to get into tarot. We have a few decks. I know. Oh, always listen to tarots. Read your cards. Listen to them. If you're participating, you need to you need to listen. Yeah. Even if it's just a joking manner in the beginning. It's kind of the same thing as when you do a Ouija board, you know, you can't do it recklessly you have to have good good intentions kind of anything with the paranormal yeah that's so true i feel like yeah a lot of it's about protecting yourself your intentions just really Mm -hmm. it's like when you go to the doctor or you know if you're ever getting physical therapy and people really want you to be in tune with your body and like listen to your body like intuitive eating all this stuff it's so the same when it comes to the spiritual world or religious world too like you have to you definitely need to not ignore any red flags that are raised when it comes to your intuition, your gut feeling. Just vibe, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Vibe it out. Vibe it out. This episode is made possible by PwC. 
When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, sticking with the laundry theme for one more story. Love this it. is from a listener named Sabrina, and it's called Did I Know the Car Would Crash Through the Laundromat? Hey, ghostesses. I just listened to episode 99. It's the future I can see, and it brought back a strange memory for me. When I was in college just a couple of years ago, I would go to a laundromat about once a week to do laundry, as anyone would. As my clothes were being washed, I sat in a chair by the front doors, and there were these large glass windows along the front of the laundromat so I could see the street and keep an eye on my car. Almost every time I went to do my laundry, I had this strange feeling and had the image of a car flying straight through the windows where I was sitting. I always thought it was just my paranoid imagination coming up with the idea, but... About a year after I moved back home, I was scrolling through Facebook and I see a news report about a truck that crashed into the front of the laundromat right in the middle of where I would always sit. A part of me wonders if I would have been there if I decided to live in that town after graduation. Good thing I got pregnant and moved back home, I guess, lol. (laughs) Also, when I was a child, I sometimes knew when something bad was going to happen, like the night my aunt's house burnt down. I wouldn't stop crying with a huge feeling of dread. And on a lighter note, I had many dreams that came true from places I would later visit that I had never been to or seen pictures of before, and also dreamt of scenes of movies that wouldn't come out until years later. Oh, so cool. Wait, that is amazing. What if she like started writing those movies? She, I mean, she has to now, like own the idea before someone else does. Yeah. It's been a long time since these things have happened to me, and I haven't really experienced anything else paranormal. A part of me wants to, though. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for the great stories, Sabrina. Wow. Oh my gosh. Sabrina, this is your dream to dream I of know. movie scenes and just to have that level of tapping into the future. She's like Raven Simone. It's the future she can see. She is. How crazy. I'm so glad that she was not there at the laundromat when that happened. I hope no one else got injured. I know. But how, I mean, to have such a strong feeling every time she went there and then for it to happen a year later is really crazy i feel like there's a theme and the theme is seeing into the future or like having adopting the feelings of what's to come in the future like the energy is buzzing because something's going to happen there which makes me wonder okay this goes to the bigger conversation of timelines and time just in general but like does that mean that every timeline is happening at the same time in order for that feeling to just be so present in that place Like, it's already happened in the future, but it's currently happening because that's how time works. I don't know because I don't know how time works. (laughs) (laughs) Although you reminded me of this really inspirational video I saw the other day that was saying that everyone, when they talk about time travel and going back in time, 
is nervous and always talks about, well, what if you do one small thing that changes the course of history and then the present is entirely different? What if one small change makes the whole future different? And so that's why we're nervous about going back in time and affecting our future. It's like Bernstein bears. When it comes to the present, why don't we think that doing one small thing can make such change for the future? You know, like we always... discredit ourselves and are like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, that won't do anything. And we only believe in the power of our choices when we think retrospectively. Wow. Yes. That's deep. Mind blown. Mind blown. Wow. Very deep. Have you watched Dark yet on Netflix? No. Uh, That deals with time travel and is so good. I am, but I'm not. I've watched the first two episodes, but you really have to pay attention because it's in another language and I don't speak. Yeah. Isn't it German? Yeah, it's German. Yeah, so, and I don't speak German. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Sounds like you do. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong too. I think I tried to say, <laughs> do you speak German? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to. It's really, really fascinating. It's so interesting because yeah. it's like Dark has the three different timelines all all like a, a couple decades apart. And it's super fascinating to see like the different characters and how they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. And it just blows my mind. And it kind of reminds me a bit of Interstellar meets Inception. Yes. Every episode I would watch of that show left me being like whoa what whoa just happened you know i'm rewatching new girl right now i needed something <gasps> light and it is wait. hilarious pen 15 season two just came out you have to watch that wait 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 wait. what what are you talking about pen 15 <gasps> oh pen 15 oh my god i season two is out that is the it just came show. out it's on hulu for anyone that doesn't know it's so great it's so good it's uh, these two women who play like pubescent girls in like eighth grade. They play eighth graders, but they're in their 30s. Yeah. And all the rest of the cast are actually like aged 13, 14. So it's just like so the juxtaposition funny. of these 30-year-old women with braces, like imitating us when we were, you know, growing up in the 90s yeah. or whatever with actual like young kids. And it's just so hilarious. Oh my gosh. So funny. So good. yeah, it all just right, came well, out. Zoop, diverting from New Girl. Gotta watch Ben 15 <laughs> season two now. Okay, but I have a story to tell you. This is from Taylor. It's called The Ghost Girl at the Museum Ghost Walk. Ooh. Hey, Sabrina and Corinne. I hope you guys are doing well during these crazy COVID times. I've been meaning to send you guys an updated email regarding the haunted museum that I work at, as a lot has happened since I last (gasps) emailed you last year. Just a recap. I work at a Victorian mansion in Ontario, Canada, which was built in 1878 and is now a museum dedicated to the three generations of Livingstons that lived there. Wow. As of last summer, we started to host ghost walks. (gasps) Due to the building being once a family home, the energy is very warm. It's very comforting. Most of the supernatural experiences other employees have had and myself have had are more just the ghost going about their business or playfully reminding us that they're still around. Experiences include objects and artifacts moving, voices, noises, scent of cooking, cigar smoke, perfume. Well, my most memorable experience happened just before quarantine late one night around 11.30 p.m. when I was closing up the home after a night of ghost walks. Normally, I would do this alone, but one woman, we'll call her Elle, who helped at the front desk on the ghost walk nights, asked if she could come with me, and she'd never really truly seen the full interior of the home. So I had no problem with having Elle join me, and honestly, I'm so thankful that she did. (laughs) Once in the main part of the house, I went about closing all the window shutters 
and turning off the lights of the main floor while Elle followed me and just looked around. Once we made it to the second floor, I went about my closing duties until we were at one of the last bedrooms. Just for context, for the rest of the story, the room that we were in was on the small side, maybe 9 by 10 feet. I was standing almost in the middle of the room, facing Elle and the hallway, and Elle was standing at the door, facing me, and having her back to the door and hallway. Because this room was the very last room to be closed, it was the only light source besides the security light in the hall, so everything was fairly dark. As I spoke to Elle about the artifact, I kept looking between her and the object, and all of a sudden, over her shoulder, standing in the doorway (gasps) of the bedroom, across the hall, was a little girl. Oh my gosh. It took me a moment to register, and when I looked back, the girl was gone. Once I realized what I had seen, I knew exactly who it was, since I've seen her face hundreds of times (gasps) dealing with the family photographs. Standing in her doorway of her childhood bedroom was the daughter of the second generation, Laura Louise. I'll include some photos. And after quickly telling Elle what I saw, we both closed the room down and we got the hell out of there. It's been a couple of months since I've been able to get back to the museum due to COVID, and I miss it. And I miss the ghosts dearly. I really hope we open up again soon, and we're planning a spooky Victorian funeral customs exhibit for the fall. Anyway, thanks so much for reading my story. Stay safe. P.S. Here is a picture of our resident haunted doll. He likes to blink, but his eyes are painted. Oh, that's scary. Oh, his name is Charles. Yep, Chucky the doll, Taylor. Oh my gosh. Wait, this is so cool. I'm looking at the pictures of the girl, Laura Louise. She's so pretty. She's so cute. Look at her little hair curls. That picture with her wearing the star crown, which mm-hmm. we'll post on our Instagram, she reminds me so much of Haunting of Hill House and those old old photos that they found in the house and of the ghost that comes in and she's like all dressed up in like flapper outfit. Oh, oh yes. Oh, uh. Well, Blair Manor, the season two of Haunting of the Hill House, which is covering an entirely different story. That comes out soon. Does it? <gasps> I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, the trailer is out now, so it's it's coming. Wait, I haven't seen the trailer. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Okay, wait. Let's talk about this and then other. other okay. Things. The haunted object, too, of of Chucky. I hope that, that we can post these on our Instagram, but it looks so dang creepy. But it makes me wonder if... When it blinks, it's actually like the little girl, Laura Louise, or whatever her name is. Mm. Yeah, Laura Louise. Makes me wonder if maybe it's blinking at times when she's playing with him and she's projecting her own imagination and what she would see as like a child playing with a doll onto the physical doll. And so because she has this extra control and manipulation with space and how we see things, perhaps it's really innocent. But And she doesn't realize she's doing it, but perhaps she's making the doll's eyes blink. Yes. I feel like this whole place has, like, good ghost vibes. But I will say, if you saw a doll with painted eyes that doesn't have eyelids blinking at you, I would freak out. Yeah. So scary. It's just so unsettling. But how sweet. I mean, I'm glad that Taylor was not alone that night when she saw the ghost because it would be way spookier dealing with that alone. But it is sweet that... Laura Louise just wanted to say hello to Taylor as she was closing. Oh my gosh, yeah. I know I like that. And I like that she was just standing in her own bedroom doorway like, what's going on? Who's Mm -hmm. this other person with you? Like, she was just curious, you know? Yeah. I do wonder if Laura Louise passed away as a child or if she's just appearing as a child. 
Yeah, no, that's a good question because, and I feel like it's presented itself before in the past with us talking about this stuff. It's like, do you, if you're choosing to spend time in the astral realm or like in a spirit body still on earth, do you get to actively choose when? Because there's so many people that, you know, like spirits will be seen looking really young and happy and youthful when maybe they had died a really gruesome death years later or something like that. Right. So I wonder. I'm not sure. Well, when things do open up again, we should definitely go visit Victorian Mansion in Ontario, Canada, because that sounds so cool. Absolutely. Also, okay, so what I was thinking before, and I was like, hold on, let me pause. So there's been quite a few things in ghostly news that's been circulating in the past like week or two. Wait, what? Number one. And I sent you a little preview of it. But people have been seeing so many UFOs like mass sightings of UFOs all over the place, especially in the United States right now, like behind smoke and with all the fires, like there's a lot of bizarre stuff that's been happening. And there's been a ton of them in New Jersey, which is where you're from. They're looking for me. Yeah, they're looking for you. They're like, where is she? We can't find her. There's too many people. Humans are parasites. That got dark. Sorry. Um, (laughs) So look, look to the skies at night because you might see a UFO alongside like 70 other people that in the same night. It's happening. It's happening. They're coming and we're going to meet them soon. And then also everyone has to look this up. The footage is so cool and super convincing. But there's footage, a video. This man was driving through. I'm going to butcher this, the backstory. So I'm not going to say who this guy is because I was about to make up a whole thing that I, I don't know if I if it's real. But essentially someone took a video um, in Gettysburg going through the the property, like driving through the land. And you can see what looks to be a ghost kind of like darting at inhuman speed what? very clearly in the, the footage, which I believe is just like a camera on the front of a, uh, what's it called, car. Like, I, I don't think it was someone, you know, with a flip phone trying to do something. It was just kind of like captured accidentally. Wait, send this to me. Okay, I'll find it. Okay. Oh, wait, I found it. Yeah, I literally just Googled Gettysburg ghost and it comes up <laughs> like three days ago. Okay, yeah. Wait, it states that New Jersey resident Greg Euling took the video while he was on a trip to Gettysburg with his family on September 2nd, 2020. And it's Whoa. right it's right around the toe cannons on the battlefield. And it shows ghostly figures walking around. Although, if you ask me, it's more like sprinting than rocking. And it like slows walking. down too. Whoa. It's very interesting. It makes space feel sticky, you know? Like, if we think about time and if we think about how you move about space, like, we have a normal clip. There's slow walking, there's standing, there's walking, there's, you know, quick walking, there's running, sprinting. And that video definitely makes it feel like there's some sort of distortion and, like, there's parts of, like, a wrinkle in space that just is, like, stickier and harder to get through. And so you, like, stop and speed up what appears to be erratically. It kind of reminds me of like when your computer glitches and it like mm-hmm. does a weird thing on your screen and it has like random lines. Yeah. It kind of gives me that similar vibe of remember when I was describing and then people were like, that's mental illness and were sending me all these links and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the the feeling of it's almost like being in a circus where you're suddenly really slowed down and like falling and everyone yeah. around you is going really fast. It's like fast and slow and the sensation is just so bizarre and you're kind of like stuck in this thing for a few moments. Mm-hmm. That video kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Interesting. Very crazy. Ooh, spooky. Let's get a little scary, shall we? Oh, okay. Hmm. 
Okay, this is from Haley. And just as a note, Corinne, there are videos and I haven't watched them yet, so. Okay, well then we'll watch them together. Okay. This is called Conjuring House Sleepover. Ooh! Hi, ladies. This past weekend, myself, along with five of my friends, had the opportunity to stay the night at the house that inspired the movie The Conjuring. For those of you not familiar, the gist of the story is that the Perrin family lived in this house starting in 1971, where they experienced tons of terrifying paranormal activity. The house was briefly visited by Ed and Lorraine Warren to investigate the activity experienced by the Perrin family. However, the family believed that the Warrens' visitation made matters worse. The house was built in 1736 and has tons of history behind it aside from the paranormal details. One of my favorite parts of the house is that it looks like you're... It looks as if you're stepping back in time. The house has been preserved extremely well by the previous and current owners, and I will attach some videos to go along with my experience. Please feel free to share on social media if you'd like. Okay. Eek! Yay! Now, let's get into the spooky details. The owners were kind enough to lend us some equipment for the night. We mainly used spirit boxes, EMF detectors, and an SLS camera. We experienced a ton of activity during our stay but I'm going to cover the events that creep me out the most. Overall, I didn't get any negative vibes while staying in the house, aside from the middle room on the second floor. While in this room, I felt extremely drowsy and nauseous. I also felt as if my legs were weak and that the floor was vibrating underneath me. My friends experienced similar feelings of discomfort in this room, so none of us stayed in there for long. While in this room, we captured a voice on the spirit box saying, You're dead! As well as another voice telling us that there were seven spirits in the room. The seven spirits response creeped us out due to an account from one of the Perrin sisters. While living there, Cindy Perrin reported hearing voices tell her that there were seven dead soldiers buried in the walls. The next account takes place downstairs in the library, which is reported to be a hot spot for activity. My friend Brooke was standing in the doorway to the library with her back to the living room where we had set an EMF detector. Brooke saw a shadow walk behind her in the direction of the EMF detector. Startled, she jumped further into the library to tell everyone what she had just witnessed. A few seconds later, the EMF detector went off. I had been resting at the time, and Brooke woke me up to tell me about her encounter. As soon as I heard the details, I was wide awake and obviously fascinated slash scared shitless. Regardless, I decided to remain where I was and try to get some sleep because I was too terrified to leave the room that I was currently in. I closed my eyes, and seconds later, behind my eyelids... I saw what seemed like a quick flash of darkness, as if the lights had been shut off completely. But we had kept every single light in the house on, so I could tell that something quickly flashed in front of my face to block out the light. Brooke was still in the room with me and assured me that none of the lights had turned off. It seemed as if something had briefly bent over my cot and into my face, thus blocking out the light source above my eyes. Oh my god, that's so creepy. The last encounter takes place in the basement. John, who is a paranormal investigator and a friend of the current owners, told us that there had been reports of spirits moving objects in the basement. So we set a football on the chair and asked the spirits to move the football if they were in the room. Well, they did, and it was the coolest, most terrifying thing I have ever experienced. We placed the football on the chair again to see if we were able to knock it over just by jumping, stomping, or walking near the chair, but it didn't budge. The basement floor is made of slate, so there is no way the floor was able to move under pressure in order to knock the football off the chair. It was a ghost. It's awesome that I experienced so much activity in only about 16 hours time span. It was definitely an amazing experience and I plan to go back at some point in the future. If you have the opportunity, I encourage everyone to do the same. 
Info in regards to how to book a night at the house can be found on their website. Thanks for reading my story and creep it real, Haley. I cannot believe that people are, I don't know why, but I just kind of like pictured it as being off limits and the people wouldn't be able to go in with EMS detectors and, and spend the night and stuff. Ooh, it's so spooky. But they can. Okay, what are the videos? Let's see. I'm scared. <gasps> oh, there's the football one. Wait, I have to download. What the heck? This is, I hate when I download stuff on my computer. I feel like it's permanent. I feel like you the ghosts like are going to get me now. Okay, I'm watching. <gasps> oh my gosh, so cool. <gasps> the football one is the second video. Okay, I just, I started watching the one where they're using the EMF detector and you can hear a voice come over and say, you're dead. Oh, you're dead is so scary. Yeah. Okay, wait, now I got to watch the football one. I think we, we watched the opposite ones. <laughs> okay, I just watched the football one. So creepy. All right, we have to post these. These are great. So great. The you're dead is so scary. Yeah, so creepy. Oh my God. And too, it's like, uh, if you think about the conjuring house and all that's happened there, it makes me wonder like, is it, was it the patriarch of the family? Was it, was it a spirit that also influenced the direction that the family went in terms of their own uh, mental state while being there? You know, like who's coming through? I don't know. I mean, I think I talked about parent family. I can't remember what episode it was, but. I feel like we'll have to we'll have to go back and re-listen to that to figure out the answers to this. Right. But there's so many spirits at that house. The seven soldiers thing, seven spirits. It's crazy. I, I'm glad to hear that this house is used more for I mean, granted, I don't know, but it sounds like the family that owns it doesn't really live there and they just let people come in and do mm-hmm. investigations because I could not imagine living in that house when this is just a casual night. Of experiences. Although, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, if you can remember, which honestly, we, we, we both usually forget. So we might not get to the answer <laughs> right now. But wasn't it the conjuring house that a couple had moved into like within the past year and a half? And they were setting up all of the cameras in the house and were making like a documentary of all of the paranormal activity that would happen there. It was a couple. In 2019, there's all these articles in the summer of 2019 that were posted. A couple bought the conjuring house, uh, Jennifer and Corey Heinzen. And they're like, yep, it's definitely haunted. So I believe that they were setting up cameras. Yeah, a couple who bought Conjuring Home installed 24-7 cameras say it's definitely still haunted. This is a Unilad uh, article. Oh, geez. We got to figure it out. Also, I'm going to Rhode Island in a few weeks. Maybe I'll <gasps> maybe I'll do a little drive-by. Wait, please do. Maybe just I've do an overnight so. stay. Oh, hell no. <laughs> are you kidding? Who are you talking to? <laughs> Okay, well, Haley's videos look really fun, to be honest, but it was a big group. So I feel like we would need a big, bigger group to do it with. Yeah, true. Mm, yeah, and keep all the lights on, group of 30, so that I can be in the <laughs> middle and not see anything the entire time. <laughs> that's the that's what I'm into. <sighs> okay, I have one called Long Time No See from Michelle. Hi, girls. I feel like it's been so long since we've last spoken. I hope you're both staying safe and healthy during crappy 19. (laughs) I sort of distanced myself from the supernatural way of life for a bit, going through a heavy episode of anxiety, but I am back and boy, do I have a lot to share with you girls. Are you ready? Yes. So first story comes from the lovely 80s, a small little glimpse of our family ghost, my great grandfather. It all started with my godmother. Around the time that she was born, my grandfather passed away. My mother had met him and his wife, and my godmother had always wanted to meet him. I guess you can say stories aren't enough, huh? My great-grandfather lived overseas in the Azores, 
what up, Portugal? <laughs> and had always been attached to his grandchildren. A lot of my uncles and my father know of him or had met him. A large man with a tough front, but a kind smile. Somehow, the supernatural gene had lingered on, and my, and my godmother had it. I don't understand how, but she was very fearful of ghosts. Spirits or the idea of them was a nightmare, especially their faces. One day, as she was helping my mother clean their house, the power went off. My godmother was washing the dishes and was crazy scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, who loves being in the dark? She sure didn't. My godmother wanted to run to my mom so that they could be together and wait for the power to come on. But instead of running and screaming, she turned around slowly, very slowly. Mm. And what she saw behind her was beyond the ability to put into words. Sitting on the couch was a large man. His legs were crossed, but his face wasn't shown. Little godmother couldn't really explain much then, so she just ran and screamed. It wasn't that the presence was scary, but seeing a man in their home wasn't too much of a happy sight. <laughs> she tells this story again and again, and she still tells us that she realized it was her grandfather after she'd calmed down. Although his face was gone and black, a shadow, she said it was him. How, you ask? She noticed his watch. It was the same that he'd worn in all of his pictures. So my second story, ghost hunting. I don't know if you remember, but I believe in the past I'd spoken about how I'm able to open myself up to the paranormal and it's a little easier for me to communicate. But this day, I don't think I realized that opening myself up like that wasn't going to be all too fun. Thanks, (laughs) ghost hunters. Never going to ask to have my hand held again. (laughs) In Canada, we have a well-known haunted park called High Park and a community service had brought over an Ontario ghost hunting team and they were going on an investigation. My roommate and I at the time, being little shit disturbers and ghost freaks, were more than happy to join. It all seemed so surreal. I loved watching ghost adventures, so to do something similar was so cool. I felt like today I was going to have to prove everyone wrong. Ghosts are real, folks. First encounter was when we walked in the middle of the parks, mostly greenery, and it was secluded. At first, it took a little while for any activity to happen. There was a spirit box and a few other gadgets. The ghost team asked for answers, and while I was there, I couldn't help but feel a little bit anxious, a little out of place. We were standing on the battlefield where spirits of soldiers were seen a bunch of times, and all of a sudden, we began to hear voices, a lot Uh. of rumbles, and I kept seeing flashes, and my eyes kept looking in the whole other direction. How many spirits are here? 33, they said. Oh. British, it answered. And then nothing else. Second encounter was when we walked a little further. This next place was known for hearing the wife of the owner of the park speak and sing. She died in her home from cancer, locked away, all alone. So sad. We walked around her home, said our hellos, and then singing, loud singing, was heard. We all stopped. Hello, the woman spoke, and we were all so excited, and we greeted her back. And then, piano. We heard a piano and singing. And someone in our group said, you play wonderfully. And the lady responded, thank you. I was losing my mind. How exciting. But then my hands got tingly. They'd been tingly all trip and my anxiety got heavier as we moved across the park. I decided to speak when she stopped singing. Maybe it was time to stop. I said, thanks for speaking to us. And after a brief moment of silence, we hear, you're welcome. And that's when I felt like top shit. Now, I didn't know that this team was ready to fuck around with some heavy shit. We walked around the lake in the park, and that place was known for being part of the indigenous people's land. 
It had been disturbed, and so it had a lot of negative energy. There was no sound from the spirit box except for some laughter, and then leave came up in the word detector. Evil right after. Ooh. I looked at my friends, and I was like, LOL, no, we're going to go now. I was in no way wanting to get anything attached to me. I think even the team realized that whatever was there did not want us there. And so they decided to take us back. And let me tell you, the second we got back, I stocked up the stage, said my prayers. No way in hell did I want any spirits in my place. But that's a story for another day. Hope you enjoyed this catch-up session and a few more stories. Stay spooky, safe, and we'll see you all on the other side. Michelle. Okay, well, so many things to say. Let's start with that last story. It sounds like whatever was coming through at the very end saying leave and evil was something good telling them they had to leave because there was evil in the area. Where rather than the evil thing being like, leave, I'm evil, you know? Right, right, right. Leave, there's evil. And even too, like I wonder if it's just a a remembrance of the whatever happened there. You know, like the burial site had mm-hmm. been had been disturbed, but also what happened to the First Nations group that had lived there prior you know like what were their lives like what came in and and what happened to those people so i wonder if maybe there's like a stain in the energy and so it might not even be that the burial ground was disrupted but maybe it's just like the how, how can i say this basically like people are trying to not forget the evil that had happened there and so right there's still someone speaking on behalf of like all of the bad things that happened on that piece of land yeah because there's like so much happening right like before the very end when it got kind of darker there was like the woman playing the piano and you know say the ghost saying you played wonderfully and being like you're welcome thanks for talking to us you know like all these kind of benign kind things Mm -hmm. but then there was just yeah there's a darkness undertone just because of what had happened there Mm -hmm. right and there's so many different spirits from all different time periods, too, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Like the soldiers, First Nations, that woman who was the the wife of someone on the property. So, yeah, I can imagine that there's just like kind of like a flow of energy from all of these different counteracting storylines, which can yeah. probably like be really confusing for someone who picks up energy so quickly. Also, that first story of her godmother seeing, granted, I know it was her grandfather. Right. But seeing something without a face is definitely off-putting. And I'm glad that after the fact that she was able to put it together and realize that it was her grandfather. But it is scary. She has every right to be afraid and freaked out of that experience. So I wonder what would be worse. Assuming that you don't know that it's your grandfather in either of these scenarios until afterwards reflecting on what you saw. Would it be worse to see kind of like a blurred out head where it's like kind of fuzzy you can't quite make it out it's all like black and dark and shadowed or is it worse to see all of the features and to see someone's eyes staring at you well if you know who it is i'd rather see their face yeah but maybe you don't know who it is at first you know because she never met her grandfather so i feel like it took like some some reflection of like okay well i also saw the wristwatch which is yeah i think i'd rather see a face than the absence of a face. There's something really unsettling about the absence yeah, it feels of a face dark. that makes you think dark. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Creepy. Okay. This is another one I chose for you, Corinne. Yay. More laundry? <laughs> Not laundry, but past life regression. <laughs> ooh. So Corinne, I mean, granted, this is Brian Weiss. So he Brian Weiss started this trend. But Corinne, I think you started a trend on our podcast where people are now trying the Brian Weiss. Oh, I love it. So 
This is from Carla, and she says, my past life regression slash sleep paralysis story. Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I love listening to you guys so much. Anywho, let's get to the good shit. So when I saw Brian Weiss on TikTok, I decided to try out the video. I've always been intrigued by past life regression since I was about 10 when my aunt and dad tried to do it with this lady. I decided to try Brian Weiss's past life regression hypnosis one morning when I couldn't go back to sleep. I knew that it wasn't going to work because I have an attention span of a fish. I laid down and closed my eyes about 20 minutes in, and I felt very relaxed, but still struggling to keep my head clear. I got too relaxed and fell asleep. LOL. Oops. Plus, the Reese's <laughs> Puffs ad in the middle of the video didn't really help. I turned off my phone and decided to go back to sleep. And now this is when shit went tits up. This sleep was so good. I felt so relaxed, almost too relaxed. I started dreaming, but I couldn't move, and I was aware that I was dreaming, which never happens to me. My dreams are always so random, and I never have control, and they always go with the flow. So I don't really know how to explain this, but my dream felt like real life. It's like projecting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in my quote-unquote dream, my boyfriend who was sleeping next to me woke up and said he had to use the bathroom. Then I woke up and decided to go with him. For some reason, when I followed him, I got onto all fours and crawled my way to the bathroom. When I was about to leave my room, I saw that there was a mirror by the door that isn't there in real life. And I hesitated because I've never seen a mirror in my dreams before, but I crawled to it. And my reflection was that of an old hag with wet hair covering my face. I looked demonic. My actual body laying in bed knew something was off. So I focused so hard to move at least a finger to get out of the sleep paralysis. I snapped myself out of it and I woke up and my boyfriend was still sleeping next to me. I went back to sleep and instantly went back into this weird dream-like sleep paralysis state. This time, I couldn't open my eyes or move, and I heard at least 10 dogs in my room barking and running around. I wasn't scared, I was just confused, and I thought, no way are there actually a bunch of dogs in my room. But then, oh my god, yes, I heard one come close to my face and sniff me. So again, I focused on lifting a finger to snap out of it, and I remember the barks fading away the closer I got to lifting my finger. And as soon as I snapped out of it, the barking stopped. I love dogs so much and they didn't sound scary. And I kind of actually wish I had 10 dogs in my room. All right, that's all. I just really wanted to share my story when I heard Corinne's. Hope you get to read this on the pod. Love you guys. Goodbye, Carla. You know what I love about this is that I think it just proves the point that even if in the past life regression or the meditation that you do, if nothing happens specifically then, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. I think the point of it is that you're opening up this new channel to mm -hmm. kind of like look backwards into your past lives or be more welcoming of spiritual messages. And so maybe it's you falling asleep during the uh, <laughs> meditation or just a thought coming to you after. But I feel like it really does. It really does work, even if it's not in that like bucketed 30 I minute agree. time period. But, and also like keep in mind, everyone experiences things so differently. Like mm -hmm. I I am more of a dreamer when it comes to paranormal things. So like, I feel like I'm similar to Carla in that manner where maybe doing the past life regression video, I wouldn't necessarily experience anything in that moment. But then when I went to sleep that night, because I had gone through that process and put my mind in that place, I would then experience it, which I'm scared to do. So I probably won't do, but <sighs> yeah. I see something very similar happening. Well, you know what? At least she had dogs in her past life. That's such a great, that's a good memory, you know? Yeah. Surrounded by dogs and just sniffing you. Yeah, just all the dogs. I hope that it's like she just lived amongst a bunch of 
like family dogs or like on a farm or something. I hope it's not something dark because immediately my brain just went to like one of the worst thoughts, which was like, what if something horrible happened to her and she was barely conscious and a bunch of dogs found her in a field? <laughs> just so f- why am I thinking that? Uh, intrusive thoughts. Okay. okay. But okay. Here's my interpretation. <laughs> what if she was just an old, she passed away at an old age in a past life, which is Honestly, a great way to go when, you know, to have lived a full life. And this, as in this past life, she had lots of dogs. And when she passed away, maybe they did eat her, but that's okay because (laughs) she lived a long life. (laughs) And like I've said, if I die, I want Leia to survive. Okay. Well, this is coming from someone who has previously said you would let Leia eat you. Yeah. Well, because you want her to, I will, I mean, listen, I want her to survive. And if I'm already dead, you know, have at it. <laughs> so gross. Oh, God. She's going to have trauma, poor Leia. No, I think she'll be fine. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> Disturbing. So, uh, yeah, back to eating people. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> As we do. As we do. Yeah, I'm so curious to hear all of the different variations of people's experience after watching the video and trying to go along to Brian Weiss's past life regression therapy yeah yeah if anyone's done it anyone else please email us and tell us about it let us know okay i have one called a bridge to the other side from mary hi my name is mary i wanted to start off by saying that my husband and i are very big fans of you both we travel a lot within nova scotia and our surrounding provinces here in canada and take you both along with us for company my mom is in a nursing home and we travel every second sunday to visit with her It's close to two hours one way. So you make the drive very bearable as she has dementia and it's a rough time during that visit for us. So here's my story and I hope you both enjoy it. A few years back, I went to a medium who speaks to those who have passed over. During my session with him, he informed me that my grandfather was there. He even gave my grandfather's name. He told me that my grandfather wanted me to go to bingo and that he would make it worth my while. (laughs) I used to go to bingo years ago and have not been in many many years he told me that my grandfather would give me the feeling when it was time to go so that time arrived i was washing dishes one early evening and there was a commercial on our local radio station about bingo in my hometown about an hour away there was going to be quite the event i brought it up to my husband and said let's go to my parents and you can hang out with the boys they were little guys at the time and you can visit with my parents so we went off i went to bingo And I won $200. No freaking way. On my arrival back into my parents' house, I announced that I won. Everyone was excited, but of course they wanted to see the money. Before I went to show them the money, I had an unbelievable feeling of freezing. I asked everyone if they felt the cold breeze that just went through. Everyone was talking to each other. No one seemed to have heard me. I said it again, and everyone kept talking. I felt a little weird, and I asked a third time and said it quite loud. Again, no response from anyone. Ooh. My parents, my husband, and my two boys were all talking amongst themselves as if I wasn't there. While the whole time, I was feeling this freezing breeze all around me. At the fourth time, as I'm trying to get everyone's attention, I'm no longer cold and everyone is now looking at me. I asked them if they were hearing me talk or if they felt the really freezing breeze go through them. And no one heard me talk. No one felt a cold breeze. I was a bit weirded out, but I continued to reach into my front pocket of my pants and take out the folded $200 all in 20 bills. And as I (laughs) unfolded the money, smack dab in the middle of the folded money was a bridge of a fiddle. 
This money what? was counted out to me by the bingo attendant, and I counted it out before I placed it into my pocket. There 100% was absolutely no bridge of a fiddle anywhere near that money. I cannot explain to you how shocked I was to try to figure out how the bridge of the fiddle got into my pocket, let alone between $10, $20 bills. Now, to get a bit more freaky here, my grandfather was a well-known fiddle player in my hometown with the locals when he was alive. My father had his father's, the same grandfather's, two fiddles in safekeeping, and we always were warned as kids never to touch the fiddles. And my boys were always warned to never touch the fiddles. (laughs) My father was always scared that they were going to get broken. As I was in shock, looking at the bridge, I kept asking everyone in the the room if they'd put this in my pocket somehow. Knowing in my head that there was no way I wouldn't feel someone's hand go into my pocket to place this in here. And of course, everyone was telling me, no, they didn't put it in my pocket. My father was very concerned at this moment and told us to follow him to his bedroom. He took... The two fiddles out of their safe place, opened them up, and lo and behold, one of the two fiddles was missing a bridge. Oh, I cannot explain the story. The only thing I can say is that I think my grandfather had something to do with it. I do believe that during the few seconds, the moment that I felt the freezing breeze, it could have been then that he placed the bridge in my pocket. Anyway, I would love to hear both of your thoughts on this. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Keep doing what you girls are doing. You both rock. Hashtag see you on the other side, Mary. I'm obsessed with this story. So involved, just like, hey, yo, you want to win some money? I'm going to help you out. And then gives gives you a little a clue that he really did show up for that moment. He I mean, and follows throughout I, his promises. Anytime a ghost helps you win money, any story like that just gets me going. And the fact that it was like bingo of all things and... That that was the message he gave her when she went to go to a medium is go play bingo. I know. I, I really want to hear the perspective of the medium who's just like, who is this person whose <laughs> relative is just like, you have to play bingo. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that medium's heard a lot of crazy stuff. That's true. Oh, wow. You know what? Mediums need to write books because those are the that's the compilation of stories I want to hear. Or start a podcast. Yeah. I bet there is one. I'm sure. Let's do some research. We'll have to do. Yeah, we'll have to do a deep dive. Yeah. But the fact that, okay, that moment when like the wind was blowing around her and no one could hear her just reminds me of Pocahontas. And I just couldn't get that out of my mind. But the fact that no one could hear her and it was, she was in this like weird warped bubble. Yeah. It's so fascinating. It's so weird. And maybe too, that's like, I mean, I don't know how you'd, I'm sure you wouldn't physically feel somehow the fiddle just, it's not like it's like floating from the room and like being dropped into your pocket. But I was thinking, like, there's there was so much happening that was distracting her at the time. Right. That it's possible for something like that to happen or to, like, not really understand what's going on and that her grandfather's currently basically giving her a hug, a little embrace, 200 buckaroos. Unreal. That's the coolest. So cool. Wow. wow. Why don't ghosts do my laundry and give me money? <laughs> My last story for you comes to us from a listener named Derek, and it's called Nightmare Came True and Ghost Followed Me Home. Ooh. Hey, ladies. I started listening recently when I was looking for podcasts to download for deployment and came across yours. Still way behind, but I have some stories for your encounters episodes. So the first story isn't really paranormal, but it's worth the read. 
It takes place in New Haven, Connecticut, maybe 15 years ago or so when I was eight-ish. I had a nightmare where my house was broken into by three things wearing all black, and I couldn't really see their faces. I say things because they seemed more shadowy than people. After rummaging around my house for a few minutes, they came into my room where I was hiding in my closet. They opened the closet and grabbed me and wrapped me up in my blanket. As one thing continued to wrap me up, the other two went through my sister's and parents' rooms, but then left them. They came back and carried me downstairs, and while they were doing that, the police had been setting up outside. They brought me into my basement, which had been under construction to turn it into a finished basement, so it had no lights yet and was very cold and full of dirt, where we as kids would dig in the dirt and occasionally find bones from animals and maybe humans, but never confirmed. We had a part of it finished, and there was a closet, and they shoved me inside there. Now this is where it gets freaky. I started to panic in my sleep because I avoided going down there at night because it was so scary dark, and I believed it was haunted from those remains. I woke up from this nightmare, and I found myself in the basement, wrapped up in this blanket covered in dirt. I don't know how I got down there as we kept the door to the basement locked, and the key was in our junk drawer, as everyone has one. So for me to sleepwalk and dig through this drawer to unlock the basement door was highly unlikely. Also, I was wrapped very tightly in this blanket to the point where I couldn't get myself out. My sister was the only one home as my parents went out camping for the weekend and I didn't want to go. My sister was maybe 14 and 15 and could not carry me on her own. And so I just screamed and screamed from the basement closet until she woke up. She said she couldn't tell where it was coming from. So it took her a little bit to find me. To this day, we don't know how that happened or why, or how I got there, but we swore not to tell my parents about it. Ooh, creepy. Fast forward to when I was 15 years old, and I got a volunteer job working at a haunted trail scaring people during Halloween. Spooky season. On this trail, I wore all black and laid in the woods and would jump out at people when they walked by. I was on a long strip of woods, and the nearest actors were maybe 50 or 60 feet from me around the corner. And I had maybe 5 to 10 minutes between groups, as the trail was quite long, and we had 60-plus actors. One night, during my downtime, I heard a little girl calling for her mom, and I stood up and looked down the trail and didn't see anything. I called out to help her because it could have been a little girl who lost her group, but no one responded. I called the owner and just had him walk the trail, but he didn't find anything. The next night, in the same spot, I heard this little girl again. I don't remember what she said, but she was calling her own name, which I'll explain in a bit. I let it go because I'm supposed to be scaring people, not getting scared myself. Though, I just continued to do my job, jumping out at people and getting the screams. And maybe 45 minutes later, I felt it get really cold, which wasn't totally unlikely for October in Connecticut. Though, I brushed it off, and I laid there a little while longer, and then I felt something touching me. I looked back and thought maybe it was a branch or something, but there weren't any in my reach. I laid a little bit longer, waiting for my next group, and then I felt as if my back was being rubbed, as if someone was trying to calm me from being spooked by them. I looked back and said, thank you, and I saw something move away, but it wasn't human. It was more of a mist, and it murmured something and disappeared. At the actors meeting, we talk about our night and the things we can fix or change to upgrade the trial, and one of the other guys said that he saw a little girl running through and calling out, mama. I had not told any of them my story, and the owner was not there to tell them, so I know I wasn't crazy. I went home that night. My house was empty as my parents were camping like they do every weekend, to which I didn't go because I worked as a cart guy at a grocery store during the day. And my sister, now 20 or 21, was at her boyfriend's house spending the night. I went to go take a shower after a long night laying in the dirt. I walked into my bathroom, threw my towel on the sink, and jumped into the shower. 
When I got out of the shower, my towel was hung on the hook, which isn't like me because the, the hook is much further away from the shower than the sink. So I sarcastically said thank you, being the jackass I am, and I dried myself off. I went to my room, and the door was locked. I said, come on, and grabbed the little unlocky tool from the top of my doorframe and unlocked it. I changed and grabbed a glass of water and went back to my room, door locked, again. I did the same thing, put my glass of water on the nightstand and laid down. I woke up maybe three hours later to cold water being splashed on me. I woke up in a panic to find my glass upside down on top of the little figurine of my favorite football player. I freaked out and called my sister. The next day, we looked up that lake that was next to the trail and the girl's name and found that she had drowned in the lake back (gasps) in the 70s while her parents and her were hiking. That was the last time I encountered the girl or heard from her. I'm sorry my telling of stories sucks. It doesn't. No. And I probably left out a lot of details, but it was years ago and I've forgotten things. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work, girls. Gives me lots to listen to on my deployments and duty days. If I figure out her name and the story, I'll email it on over. Love, Derek. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (gasps) That's so freaky. That's so sad that that happened to the little girl. But for her to essentially, it sounds like, in a way, follow Derek home. Or I know something did to tell her story and give those clues. That's uh-huh. freaky. Yeah, the, like splashing water on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Was it? Yeah, her saying like drowning in a lake. That's yeah. That's what I assumed. Like oh wow. Like you're not quite getting it. Like this is what's this is what happened mm. to me. I was just picturing her being very playful. And yeah, like, I mean, wake up. It, I mean, it could it could go both ways with <laughs> the little girl. I don't know, but that's so wild. Woo! I wonder how many people have experienced stuff there and seen her because it sounds like she's very active. Well, everyone in the – all the actors said they saw a little girl running around calling mama. Right. So it does sound like a lot of people experienced it. I wonder if people who were going through the trail as just audience members who saw the little girl and thought it was part of it. There's also some things that make me think that maybe this little girl's not alone because – Perhaps the splashing of water or the running around saying mama, mama seems like a child thing. But mm-hmm. the rubbing of the back and the hanging up of the shower towel seems more parental. And so it makes me wonder if perhaps the spirit of her mom or some adult spirit has kind of taken her in and is with this little girl. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of that's like the quiet one just in the background fixing things as she runs through and plays. That is interesting because. There was that spirit who was rubbing Derek's back, mm-hmm. which feels more maternal than like a child doing that. Right. Ooh, I don't but, know. Okay. But the first story I know. is give it, going to give me nightmares. I feel like this is one of those ones that is going to stick with me and going to mess me up. <laughs> it's um, It reminds me of aliens a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, oh, shivers, shivers. But the fact that his dream was these three figures wrapping him up in a blanket and like putting him in that closet in the basement and then he woke up in the closet wrapped in that blanket in the basement is horrifying dirt all over him couldn't have gotten to the key or like it wouldn't make sense to have gotten to the key and also yeah oh god no there's too many so just too many things that are so so freaking terrifying uh i feel like okay something did happen because this is so messed up but in one of our first episodes we retold our friend nikita's story Because remember she had a dream, a really vivid dream, where she was walking down her hall and something like grabbed her ankles and essentially was dragging her down the hall, this unseen force across the rug. 
And then she woke up being like, wow, that was a really scary dream. And then she had rug burns like all down her body. So scary. So it's like, is there something that like will feel like a dream and will be manipulated to make you believe that you're dreaming, but it's happening in real life? I mean, the answer is obviously yes. Yeah. But it's terrifying because then it's like, well, what's your – it's like you lose your sense of reality and control in that situation. How would you ever know? You wake up and you're in that spot. I don't know. It's so terrifying. And I almost – it's like, is it better to not know what happened or the truth of it and just wonder because then – I don't know. If you know the truth, what if it's scarier than the things that you're imagining? I don't – yeah. That's a deep question. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But it makes me wonder because, like, the way that in his dream the police were lined up outside, if these are alien beings, I wonder if there's, like, the men in black or some government agency that was lined up outside and they were patrolling aliens in the neighborhood. Yeah. Or what if there was, yeah, some sort of men in black or, like, some dark force gathering outside with the intention of coming in and harming Derek and what Derek doesn't know is maybe there's a uh, protective ghost in their house or maybe a guardian angel was the one that was like wrapping him up in a blanket and Mm. hiding him so that they wouldn't and like putting some little weird protection sphere over him to protect him from whatever was about to come in and search for him Ooh, that's an interesting theory what if the aliens are good and they weren't abducting him. They were trying to keep him safe from something. Yeah. But then it's like his it's poor like sister was just left upstairs. Maybe she wasn't the target. Maybe there's well, something if- with Derek. <gasps> it was Scary. always meant to be him. He's the chosen one. Yeah. It's interesting to think that like there are many supernatural forces that are essentially like conscious of each other and battling without us knowing. Mind blown. There's Mind too blown. much. So much. So much to explore. Okay. Well, I have an email for us to end on. Great. It's called Haunted Canoe Launch slash Haunted Workplace. And this is from Dano. And he's actually mutual friends with Freya. Oh. Our friend Freya. And what I learned, because I was actually thinking about it the other day, and I, when Dano, he had DM'd me on Instagram being like, wait, we both know Freya. And I was like, oh my God. And I screenshotted it, sent it to- Oh yeah, Freya told me this. Yeah, sent so it funny. to Freya. And I was like, oh my God, Freya, you're like old childhood friend. And we were talking <laughs> about that. And then I forgot to message Dana back. And what I learned is that Instagram deletes your DMs if you don't check them or like after four weeks. So oh. I'm sorry to everyone. because I, <laughs> Yeah, I went back and I was like, oh my God, all of these messages that I was like, oh, I'll respond one day, like are just gone. So I'm happy that at least- oh, I didn't he, even know that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I learned just because of this because I was like, oh, shoot, I need to respond. And then it was the message was already gone. So yeah. but now we have contact with Dano again. So that's great. He is a Canadian. We've listener. established contact. Yeah. <laughs> established <laughs> contact. He's a Canadian listener. He went to elementary school with our dear friend Freya who grew up in Winnipeg. So that is how this we're connected to him. So here's his stories. Back in high school, my buddy and I were walking around my neighborhood around 1 a.m. There's this canoe launch between two houses, and we would often use it to walk down to the river. At nighttime, it's pitch black, with the exception of the lights from the neighboring houses. We've walked down there many times at night, and this night felt no different. We started braving the darkness when we both came to a halt at the same time. It's often said that you become paralyzed when you see a ghost, and that's the best way that I can describe the sensation. I don't think we could even move if we wanted to. The way we froze felt synchronized. We both witnessed a young, pale girl, probably 8 to 10 years old, walk out of the darkness of the canoe launch 
into the light offered by one of the adjacent houses. Whoa. She stared at us for about 10 seconds while we just watched in awe, not saying anything to each other. She then walked back into the darkness, and needless to say, we did not follow her. When we debriefed about what we saw, our descriptions matched each other's perfectly. Young, pale girl, light hair, pink lacy dress that just fell right above her knees, and I still think about her to this day, and that's almost 10 years ago now. Whoa. We've even tried to go back around at the same time of night as when we had seen her, hoping to get another glimpse, and no luck. Other times, wicks of firecraft other times wicks of firecrackers refused to light the canoe launch, but lit perfectly fine when taken to another area. One time I heard a group of people across the river chanting nonsense in unison. I got very strong cult vibes. It was hard to see them from across the river, but I could tell that they were holding candles and they were letting out blood-curdling synchronized screams. Whoa. I swear, there's just so much bad mojo in that area. A few years ago, I finally mustered up the confidence to tell my mom about the incident with the little girl, because my mom's a non-believer, and she just laughed and said, kids sneak out all the time at night, to which I said, if that was me at eight years old sneaking out at 1 a.m. and trying to scare teenagers, you'd skin my ass alive, but okay. (laughs) But here's my second story. I got hired in my field as a community manager worker this past January. A lot of my work is counseling community members in marginalized neighborhoods that I'm working in, understanding what kind of programs they want, what kind of programs they need, and then creating these programs for them. It's such soul-feeding work, and I never thought I could enjoy a big boy job as much as I currently am. My office is currently in a shabby old resource center in the heart of the community. I recently learned that it used to be a holding cell type of prison at least 60 years ago. Whenever I'm there alone, I hear footsteps and what sounds like moaning and whispering coming from the basement where they used to hold people, of course, almost like someone is in pain. By the time I get the courage to go check, it's always quiet. I usually conclude that I'm just hearing things. Also, being the new guy, I didn't want to yell, is our resource center haunted? In my coworker's (laughs) face while I'm still on probation. Community members I work with tend to avoid going into the basement with me, which I accept, but thought that it was a little strange. One community member finally opened up to me and she said that when she had volunteered and opened our resource center, she would hear exactly what I was hearing, loud footsteps and moaning. And since then, two other community members have come forward and told me that they hear the same thing. It felt so good to feel validated, but I still often have to be there alone. I recently heard the sound of glass smashing down there and I went to go investigate and a fluorescent light bulb had fallen out of its secure socket all on its own. Additionally, sometimes I get an overwhelming sense of dread when I try to enter the basement, and I take it as a sign that the presence doesn't want company at this moment. I will go back 15 minutes later, and I usually won't feel this intense dread in my body at all. Anyways, hope these stories gave you a chill. Thanks for all the work that you do to put together a great podcast. I'll see you both on the other side, but hopefully sooner. And maybe Freya too. I think we'd all hit it off. Take care, Dana. Okay, so this eight-year-old girl just wandering around at night by a boat launch at least it didn't like climb out of the water because that was what <gasps> oh, my Sabrina. mind went to first like in a in a dress climbing out of the water that's very so so creepy but man what a way to humble some teenage boys you yeah. know just be a little ghost girl in a dress wandering around at night give them a 10 second stare down so spooky very very spooky 
She's not saying anything. I she's not know more about her running around. She's not playing. Like it's, I just am picturing her like so slowly walking and turning and just staring at them and then disappearing back into the darkness, which is creepy. It's like she's aware, she's aware of them seeing her and that being abnormal for them, which makes me think, is it truly a little girl? Or was it something presenting itself as such? Oh, that's like the biggest question mm-hmm. when it comes to little ghost girls. Right. Because it's you like, never you, know. if you're something dark, what's the most innocent thing you could present yourself as? Oh, a young child, a little innocent child, an old, feeble, Ugh. elderly person, a cat. But a dog. I do want to believe, I don't know. I mean, because this little ghost girl just kind of like looked at them and walked away or disappeared, it wasn't a True. negative interaction. Mm-hmm. It was more just like they happened to see her. I wonder if it if there's a story of a similar to Derek's story of like a young girl dying in that right. area. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting too that both Dano and his friend paused, like were entirely frozen at the exact same moment. Yeah, being a ghost paralyzes you. It really does. You know what? That's true. Cause I feel like every time something happens to me, my whole body just goes entirely. Like you just go silent and you just stare and you don't move because you're like, well, I don't, I'm not sure what I should be doing. So yeah. I'm just going to fight, flight, or freeze. It's like an animal being caught deer in the headlights. You're just like, oh, not sure. And you're like, I need to process this. What's happening? Move is. Yep. Um, also cool that he works in a haunted place. I Probably know. very spooky. I know. I'm shocked that he didn't ask sooner because I feel like if, other people weren't going into the basement with me on like day four. I would be like, what do, is there, are we supposed to be What's going down here? I've noticed that a lot of people don't go down. Is there something that I should be aware of? a little scared of it? <laughs> Very creepy. Yeah. Wow. Oh, just love ghost stories. Love them. And we know you guys have them. So email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. It can be your story, your friend's story, someone's story, but please uh, have it be true. Email them. Have it be true. Send them, email your, them. Send them our way. Yes. Um, there are so many ways to support us. The first is rate and review us on iTunes. You can join us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our Facebook group is our pride and joy. I just love that community. And we have amazing phantom moderators who run it and keep it a safe, respectful place for all of you to share your ghost stories and right. also life experiences. The great majority of people in the group are so lovely too. It's such a huge group. And for the amount of positivity to happen in that group has a lot to do with the members in it as well. So thanks to yeah. everybody. You guys made it what it is. And we have Patreon and we have merch. You can support us those ways. Uh, we want to say thank you to Eric Foster and Max Lodian. Thank you so much for editing our podcast and everyone at Upfire Digital for all your work in making us sound like we have our shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see, see you on the, the other, other side. side.